Well, for those of you in New York City, specifically Manhattan, I am going to call your attention to the fact that right now, scheduled for June the 28th, is a primary day here in New York City. And um, one of the people who's going to be on the ballot that day is Judge Hillary Gingold. Uh, Judge Gingold, who has spent time as a... Uh, as a um, Uh, a member of the uh, court in both the criminal court and the civil court of the city of New York is running for surrogate judge on the 28th of June and joins us live via telephone on a Tuesday morning broadcast. Judge Gingold, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. I have to ask you, as somebody who served in the criminal court of the city of New York, uh, in Kings County, um, uh, I, I need your comment about what's happening in our city right now, uh, how judges are and are not uh, handling situations um, uh, when it comes to criminal activity and uh, making sure that those who are perpetrating criminal activity are dealt with properly. What is your comment about what's happening in 2022 now in New York City? Well, I really... Two things. One, I don't have a comment on my colleagues and what they're doing because as a judge we're really not permitted to have, uh, to have a public comment on ongoing matters in criminal court or in any other court, including my own. Um, however, I think my colleagues are doing the best that they can, and uh, I, they do it with uh, dignity and with always keeping in mind due process. And even if it seems confusing to the public and before I became a judge, I definitely probably had my own concerns about how things were being done. But when you're on this side of the bench and you know how hard the job is, I respect my colleagues and the job they do every day. I haven't been in criminal court in two years. Right. So for me, it's, it's a different process completely. Uh, I read in your bio you had an interesting experience during COVID, or maybe it was toward the end of the heavy part of COVID. What happened exactly in your court um, where you were given specific responsibilities to try to deal with a backlog of cases that happened during the COVID epidemic? So when, when COVID happened in criminal court, uh, that's back to criminal court, uh, there was a timeline for how cases get prosecuted. And uh, from reduced felonies and throughout, you know, all different types of misdemeanors. And those cases were languishing because uh, people, we were arraigning, but we couldn't, the parts were closed for all intents and purposes. And there was a backlog very quickly in criminal court of over about 4,500 cases. And in criminal court, it's up up until that time, almost a parochial experience in the sense that the DA and the public defenders Really, uh, they do their negotiating outside of the court, and then they present, the DA presents to the court, this is how we want to resolve this, this matter. This backlog caused people who, kids who are applying to college, going back to school, if they had an incident um, prior to going, you know, or during the summer, right. they couldn't go forward. You can't get student loans, you can't get a job, you can't. Um, continue working, you can't return to work if you have a confidential employment situation. And then you have uh, people who are victims, storekeepers who were robbed and, or, or had petty theft, uh, restitution, matters like that. Those cases were open. Um, and in order to ensure due process, I was asked to 
Uh, it really was a very uh, a pilot program. It was a pine. We were pioneers. It was myself and another civil elected civil court judge. Uh, I handled approximately twenty three uh, hundred cases uh, to a full resolution. Whether the, the, the weren't the charges weren't sufficient, so they were dismissed, or uh, those cases were resolved with a plea, restitution, uh, counseling, uh, uh, help for drug and alcohol counseling. So I'm actually very proud of that because that gave resolution to thousands of people and both uh, of people who have suffered from crime and people who are alleged to have been charged with a crime. So for those who think that, uh, that, that the courts can only operate at a snail's pace, you actually proved otherwise. I worked seven days a week. It was, uh, I, I have to give a lot of credit also to my court attorney who uh, worked with me, and we worked very well getting the DA's office, uh, the supervising DA there, as well as public defenders, private attorneys, and 18B, uh, which are court-appointed attorneys, to come to the table and work out all of these cases. It was no, it was something never done before, and it is unique for what we did and in the time frame that we did it and how we did it. And so it was, it was a, for me, COVID, I've, I don't think I've ever worked so hard <laughs> as I did when I was in, during COVID. Plus I was doing arraignments, uh, working until four in the morning. Remember, no masks. People weren't going back to any holding pen. So if you didn't finish the arraignment at one in the morning and it was a young person or an elderly person, they'd be sitting on the floor without a mask, without PPE equipment, maybe not really being fed even when you know that they most likely would go home right after arraignments. So I was working till three, four o'clock in the morning straight and then coming back and doing this project until we, we completed it. And then when we completed it was actually the timing that I went to civil court. What an interesting uh, experience, to say the least. Did you enjoy? Mm-hmm. Did you en- yes. did you enjoy uh, one over the other? Criminal court is a uh, I don't know. Is there more action or or is it more fascinating? Than I like c- civil court. I like civil court. I like the stories that we deal with every day. It's it's true life. It's uh, I like to say it's the people's court, um, and I like giving people an understanding of what they have to do next. And I feel very productive. I felt productive in criminal court, but for a different matter, this is more along the lines of, uh, you know, real life for ninety-five percent of us. Judge Hillary, I, I enjoy civil court. Judge Hillary Gingold is with us. All right, speaking yes. speaking of the future, the next step. Explain what a surrogate judge is and uh, how the campaign is going so far. So, surrogate's court is an interesting court for those of you who have. Uh, luckily, not loved, lost a loved one. You wouldn't know what surrogate's court is until, for most people, it's when a family member passes, and you need to figure out how do I how do I transfer that apartment into my name? How do I, uh, if your parent dies, how do I disperse their assets? How do I gather their assets? Um, so you go to surrogate's court. There might be a will. There may not be a will. If there isn't a will, well. Surrogate's Court will help you figure that out, too, whether it's getting uh, letters of testamentary so you can conduct the affairs of your uh, deceased parent or uh, spouse. If you want to do an adoption, you want uh, sometimes, especially in intrafamily adoptions, 
grandchildren, grandparents adopt their grandchildren, aunts and uncles adopt nieces and nephews. You don't have to have a, uh, if you go to family court, you usually need an agency to come in to examine the home and see if it's safe. But if it's an intra-family adoption, you can go to uh, you can go to surrogate's court in, and have that adoption handled there as well. Surrogacy, um, those of you who watch the news know medical technology has gotten to the point where if a couple can't carry a baby, but they have someone else who can carry that baby, surrogacy is now legal in New York, and it wasn't for a long time. It is now legal. You would go to surrogate's court to ensure that the baby is uh, delivered to the, to the parents who uh, made that arrangement and to uphold the agreement between all the parties. That would happen in surrogates, in surrogate's court. And if you have an intellectually challenged adult in your family or a child who has inherited money and they need a guardian for that money or a guardian to take care of them for the rest of their lives, you would go to surrogate's court for those appointments. Those Boy, talk, about real, talk about real-life cases, as you mentioned earlier, with civil court. These are Real-life cases that I deal with, yes. Yeah, these are and when you deal with surrogate's court every day when you're in civil court or Supreme Court, right. because invariably what happens if you are a litigant and you pass away? What happens right. to that case? Uh, Judge you Hillary Gingrich. dead people. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Judge Hillary Gingold is with us. All right, so what do people need to know? June the 28th is the primary. This is only for residents of Manhattan? Who's it for? It's the island of Manhattan. Anybody who lives in New York City, the, the, on the island. From Washington Heights to Battery Park City. Ex uh, all the way down to the Lower East Side. <laughs> all the way down the, to the Lower East Side. the northern reaches of Manhattan. And all the way up to Inwood as well. Uh, and that's happening on yes. the 28th of June. And... Uh, Yes, and and uh, the people need to look for your name on the ballot. And is this a um, this? Is, how do how do they decide? Are, are all the surrogate positions elected positions in New York? I know some judges are appointed. All, and some... surrog all surrogates are elected. All surrogates are elected. There are two surrogates in New York County. One individual surrogate. One of the surrogates is retiring. She's aging out. So she's by statute she's retiring at the end of this year. And so that how this that is how this seat is um, available. Available. How is the campaign going? Campaign is going well. Uh, I have the seat, the support of the uh, Democrat Manhattan Democrats and many local Democratic clubs, if not all. Um, but most importantly, I'm going into the communities and I'm introducing myself and I'm talking to people and I'm listening to what people are saying. Uh, what do they need? What, what are the needs? To me, it's very important that everyone understands the surrogate works for the people. And we are here to help you. And that when you come to surrogate's court, it shouldn't be something that is confusing, frustrating. You have enough on your plate. You've lost somebody close. You're, you're, it's a place that People don't go to court because they're happy. They right. go to court because they're in trouble. And if you go to surrogate's court, you should be able to have the right direction to resolve your case, to get those letters of administration or letters of testamentary or get a guardian appointed for a loved one. You should be able to go there and be able to figure out what you need to do and how to get it done. We're there to serve. And that's the message that I hope I am conveying to people. 
Judge, I'm there to do that job. Judge Hillary Gingold, everybody. If you're a Manhattan resident, anywhere from the top to the bottom of the island, you make sure uh, to look for her name June the 28th on primary day, running for surrogate court judge. I thank you very, very much for joining us and wish you a lot of good luck with thank the campaign. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. 100%. Good luck. And June 28th, everybody, Judge Hillary Gingold is um, is running, and that's for surrogate judge here in Manhattan. Uh, make sure to uh, look for her name on the ballot. More coming up. You're listening to a Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM as we continue in our Sphera format.